Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast and part two of the Instagram Q&A, which I started last week. If you haven't listened to part one, feel free to go back and have a listen to that. I answered roughly six questions that I put up on my Instagram or that I received through Instagram that I thought would be beneficial for all of you guys that tune into the show. Um, for those of you that are listening for the first time, thank you for tuning in. For those that are subscribed and listen every week, you guys are absolute legends and I really do appreciate you. Um, giving me your attention and listening. So I'm going to make sure that I provide you guys with plenty of value today. I'm going to answer another five or six questions here. Um, If you do take some value from the show today, feel free to take a screenshot on your phone of the episode and post it up to your Instagram story and tag me and tag any of your friends that you think would benefit from the episode and, and take some value from it and hopefully learn something. So let's get stuck into question number one, and that is how to best keep a healthy body, a healthy body weight when your body is under a lot of stress. Um, Okay, so firstly, stress or over-stressing or you know, spending a lot of time in a stressed state um, will increase your cortisol levels constantly, which makes it extremely hard to lose body fat, which, which makes it extremely hard to concentrate, perform at a high level, to sleep well, um, and the list goes on. So the first thing that I would be doing is one, figuring out what is causing the stress, and two, figuring out how we can reduce that stress and how we can implement strategies to make sure that um, that you are not in that constant stressed or high cortisol state all the time and whether that be meditation whether that be eliminating the things from your life that are causing those stresses and obviously some things are not in our control they're out of our control and I always talk about only focusing on what you can control because outside of that, um, it's absolutely pointless. But in terms of keeping a healthy body weight, obviously, we want to be making sure that all the things that we can control, as I just mentioned, are in place. So training well, um, making sure that you're eating accordingly with your goals. So in a deficit for body fat, surplus for body weight gain um, or muscle gain, and then obviously maintenance if we're just trying to maintain our weight, making sure we're drinking plenty of water because we tend to hold a lot more water when we are stressed. So the more water we drink, the more water we will flush out because our body will be trying to get rid of um, all that excess water. So you may need to go to the bathroom a little bit more, but that's okay. You will look a little bit leaner, which is always um, a plus. But again, just looking at how we can reduce that stress to make sure that uh, we can eliminate that from our life to make all these things a lot easier because we tend to make pretty shitty decisions when we're stressed. Uh, We tend to find it hard hard to stay motivated with our training and sticking to our macros when we're stressed and that's completely understandable. Um, So I would be first looking at how we can reduce that stress in the first place. Question number two is how to create an optimal personalized training schedule that best suits your week and the things you like to do. Um, Look, I talk about this with nutrition all the time. I think you need to make sure that your nutrition fits around your lifestyle, not the opposite way way around. So you don't want to fit your lifestyle around your food. And I think the same applies for training. 
Now, if we're talking about a professional athlete who's getting paid lots and lots of money to be a good athlete and to be successful and to win games or win matches or all that type of stuff, win medals at the Olympics, then yes, you have to structure your life around your training because you're getting paid to do that. But for the majority of us, I think it's important to make sure that it's going to be sustainable the way we approach our training. So if you know that you can only make it to the gym four days a week, then don't put together or ask for a five-day training plan because that's just fucking stupid. Okay, so you want to look at what's going to be most optimal for you. So creating that optimal personalized training schedule, firstly, you need to figure out how many days you can actually train. Now, I've talked about this before. Um, I believe it is most beneficial to train every muscle group twice per week. So we need to look at a training split that's going to allow us to train each muscle group twice per week, depending on how many days we can actually train. Um, And once we know that, then we can put together that training plan. And I always also recommend trying to pick uh, certain exercises that you enjoy because there's nothing worse than having a gym program that you just think about all day and you think about how shit it's going to be that you have to go in and do barbell front squats tonight when you hate barbell front squats. So if you hate barbell front squats, guess what? Don't put them in your training program because there's plenty of other things that you can be doing that are going to be just as beneficial for you and in the long run more beneficial because you're going to be more consistent you're going to enjoy it more which is probably going to result in you progressing in that lift faster and seeing quicker results so that's probably my answer to how to create an optimal optimal personalized training schedule um can i mention a little bit about reverse dieting um and the training included in that. Okay, so I've been getting a lot of questions about reverse dieting lately and I've done a full episode on this and I know it was very early days so maybe it's something that I redo again and go into a bit more detail but I'm going to give you a very, very basic rundown of what a reverse diet is and how to implement it. So after spending an extended period of time in a calorie deficit, um, we've reached a point where our calories are quite low, our training level is probably quite high so our energy expenditure is high Um, and our metabolic rate has reduced or it's slowed down, our maintenance calories is a bit lower. Um, I think it's very beneficial to start a reverse diet. Now, a reverse diet can be used to transition into a gaining phase, so to a point where we're in a calorie surplus without gaining too much body fat in the process or you can use reverse dieting to continue to lose body fat um, because you will most likely still be in a calorie deficit, just not as much. So that's going to result in you eating a bit more food, feeling a bit better, probably expending more energy, and then all of a sudden that energy expenditure, that deficit is still relatively similar, if not higher, because your energy output is higher from eating a bit more food, expending more energy throughout the day, um, if that makes sense. So the reverse diet is pretty much exactly as it sounds. So instead of slowly and gradually reducing your calorie intake to get to a calorie deficit, we want to gradually increase our calorie intake um, to eventually, as I said, either be in a slight deficit, back to maintenance, or in a calorie surplus. Now, usually the calories that you're adding back in are going to be coming from carbohydrates or fats or a little bit of both. Um, And if the purpose is to stay in a calorie deficit, these increases need to be quite small. Um, So they need to be small enough that you're still going to be in a deficit. You're still able to monitor um, whether or not you're losing body fat and obviously you're not putting yourself in a surplus. If it's to get back to maintenance, I would recommend going from that calorie deficit to your maintenance within no more than three weeks. So quite big increases um, of calorie intakes for that reverse diet. 
if it's to go back into a surplus, I would recommend even shorter. So you want if you have been in a deficit for a long period of time and you're done with that shit, you want to go to a gaining phase, you have no reason to spend any more time in a deficit. So I'd be getting back to maintenance as quickly as possible, so within one to two weeks. Um, so pretty big increases in food intake. And then I would slowly make those increases um, once you've reached that maintenance intake again. You can gradually bump them back up again, uh, but you don't want to be doing it too fast. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a huge surplus and gaining uh, unnecessary body fat. The misconception with a reverse diet is that you can, you know, lose fat eating in a surplus which is not how it works the reason why people lose more fat as they increase their food is because as i mentioned just before you're increasing your energy expenditure because you're feeling better you're eating more food but you are still in that calorie deficit you're still in the negative energy balance you're just eating more than what you were before so that's why people tend to stay lean for a lot longer uh, maybe even lose a bit more body fat but it's a fantastic way to gradually build up your metabolism again and if you have been in that deficit for an extended period of time as i said chances are your metabolism has suffered to an extent or to a degree so you want to um, gradually build that back up instead of just going smack bang straight into a surplus again um, and gaining unnecessary body fat because your maintenance levels would have decreased in that time period Um, so that's definitely something to keep in mind but that's uh, probably all i can really say without spending too much time about reverse dieting the other part of that is the training so as well as increasing food you may also look at reducing your training reducing the amount of cardio you're doing which is obviously also working towards that negative energy balance Um, so that's another thing that you can take into account as well what are my go-to meals snacks and takeout options from day to day um, or things that i would have basically basically i'm going to take this question as what would i eat if i'm going to be eating out or things that i tend to eat out at the moment i'm eating out quite a lot so um uh, i've got a couple of go-to meals at a cafe dunnes and Fawcett, which is close to where i work um, at the moment and those two meals one of them being a chicken and vegetable stir fry with white rice um, and some you know like a relatively spicy or chili sauce i think it is um, and no doubt some oil so i just account for the fact that there's oil in that um, i track it into my calorie intake i overestimate how many calories are in that meal and i use that same reading every time i have that meal the other option for me at the moment is just being lately chicken breast Uh, broccoli and then maybe some rice Uh, my lunches have been quite light lately so that's something that i've been eating out a lot um what else would i have if i was out literally like anything um i'm not too afraid to eat anything at all obviously if i'm eating in a calorie deficit with the purpose of losing body fat i'm going to be more selective with what i have because i don't want to use up majority of my calorie intake for that day just on some random meal that's not really going to make me fuller um not going to make me full for that long so i probably wouldn't go with um you know something like a burger and chips if i'm out and about but i'm eating in a deficit i would go for something a little bit leaner so maybe i might go to spud bar um, and a friend of mine is opening up um, a new spud bar around here so i'll probably spend a lot more time or you know when i'm on the go going past there and just picking up potato and choosing my ingredients so i know exactly what i'm having so still estimating the calories but i know exactly what ingredients are in what i'm having so that's something that I would probably recommend is that if you have the option of knowing exactly what's in the meal you're having compared to just buying something off the shelf that just looks 
healthy or looks like it's low calories but you actually have no idea what's in it then always go with the option of being able to choose or at least know um, reading off a menu what is in the meal you're having so then you can estimate how many calories you've had in that meal Um, you can overestimate do all that type of stuff but if you've got no idea it makes it quite hard but yeah to really answer that question um, I don't kind of refrain from having anything I'll have anything and everything as long as I can fit it within my intake for that day um best ways to freshen up and change your workout routines um, for progress and fun look i think for progress you need to be relatively boring on certain lifts over time you need to if you want to progress at an incline bench press then guess what you're going to need to do the incline bench press it's going to take time Um, if you don't like it then maybe that's not a lift that you want to start to try and progress on to keep things interesting with your training what i like to do is I stick to relatively similar compound movements and then all my accessory isolation stuff, I, I switch up, I change up the rep ranges, I get a lot of volume in, do certain exercises I feel like on the day and just enjoy it. That's something that I like doing. Another way to freshen up your program for the week may be to reverse the order of what how you're doing things or just change that order around. Um, an example of that is I've been doing five days lately in the gym. Um, so I've been doing an upper strength on a Monday, lower strength on a Tuesday, upper body push hypertrophy on Wednesday, legs on Thursday hypertrophy, and then Friday upper body pull hypertrophy. The last couple of weeks, I've changed it around to upper strength, lower strength, arms and shoulders, legs, and then chest and back on a Friday. So push pull. So I changed up a little bit, still hitting each muscle group twice per week. Just changed up the order and it's been enjoyable. Feels like I'm doing a different program. I'm still doing much of the same lifts, still training everything twice, still progressing. It's just in a different order, so it makes it a little more interesting. Um, other ways maybe to, you know, as I said, reverse the order of your accessory movements. Um, train with a training partner, really time your rest periods. Uh, take a deload week that can be very um, helpful in terms of mentally and physically refreshing yourself uh, before going into another heavy intense training block they're my recommendations for someone who can only get to the gym three times per week uh, for weights but wants to build muscle what is the best training split my recommendation for someone that can only get to the gym three times per week but wants to build muscle would be to stick to an upper, lower, and full body training split. So again, we're training each muscle group twice per week um, in that three-day period. Uh, that would be the option that I would go with. So your upper body workout, your lower body workout, and full body. If it was me, I'd be programming it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so you've got enough time in between. Um, obviously, between upper and lower, it doesn't matter too much in terms of only being a day, but if you're training lower body on Wednesday and then Thursday you're doing full body, then you're training lower body two days in a row, um, which could be an issue for progress in the long run. Um, but for the three days, yeah, upper, lower, full body would be the way to go in my eyes unless you were doing lower volume then maybe three full body days monday wednesday friday whatever it is i'd probably try and if you're only doing three days probably have a gap at least one day between each session um, would probably be the most ideal way to go um next question follow strength up battery training program at the same time um okay Do you lose the adaptation of one or the other following a strength or hypertrophy program um, compared to following both at the same time? So uh, this is a pretty good question. And, you know, look, I don't have a heap of science to back this up, but this is what I've found. 
at the moment I'm following a strength and hypertrophy program. So early in the week I'm doing strength where I'm going heavy, I'm keeping the reps a little bit lower, the intensity so the weight up higher um, and not doing you know anywhere near as many reps, not as much volume and just trying to progressively overload. Second half of the week, I'm doing more hypertrophy style training, so higher rep ranges, anywhere between 6 and kind of 15, sometimes a little bit higher to finish off the session. Um, still focusing on progressive overload, that's really important to understand, and a lot of the time, the compound movements at the start of those sessions are still a little bit lower in rep and higher intensity, just different exercises than what I did in the first half of the week. So, look... I've found that my strength continues to go up and as my strength goes up, I help. that helps with hypertrophy as well because the higher rep ranges, the strength in those lifts are still going up as well. What you do need to understand though is that if you are starting off a session, say a hypertrophy session, hypertrophy session, sorry, with a strength lift, so a heavy lift, um, low rep range, heavy weight and you completely gas yourself and you reach failure pretty much then your accessory lifts in the second half of the session you may not be able to hit the numbers that you usually would hit and vice versa if you do bench press at the start of the session for sets of 10 and you usually do it midway through the session then you're going to be able to lift more at the start than you would be midway so your volume is going to change around a little bit in the amount that you're actually lifting so that's something to keep in mind but in terms of adaptations i think personally that it works both ways you can build strength and build muscle at the same time obviously in terms of how much strength you can build you're probably going to build more if you're focusing just on strength for that block but for muscle growth i think it's perfect to follow a split where you are getting a bit of both you're getting um, best of both worlds there um what do you do when you can when you can't train as much as you usually do due to work life commitments um, and obviously your daily energy expenditure? So um, the the energy output that you would usually do during the day if you're busy or you're, you're traveling and you can't usually do the same amount of exercises changes. What do I do? Um, I like to if I, if I've got a if I'm in a situation where I haven't been able to train as much as I like, um, I tend to stick to upper body workouts. So when I'm traveling, if it's over a short period of time and I know I'm not going to be able to get my normal sessions in, I'll do full body type workouts. Um, I usually throw on a little bit of conditioning at the end of the session if I've been sitting down for most of the day. It can be short, sharp. It can be high intensity. It could just be a run on the treadmill or a run outside, whatever it is. Um, but I pick the exercises that are going to expend the most energy. I don't just go in and do a heap of isolation shit. I'll do a lot of compound movements. Um, as I said, pretty much full body. I might do a bit of core training as well and try and make the most out of that session try and keep my heart rate up quite high so it may be more of a circuit style training session if i'm traveling um if it's a short period of time i won't adjust my calorie intake at all if it's going to be an extended period of time then you do need to look at the fact that your energy in your energy output is going to be less than what it usually is so you may need to adjust your calorie intake to account for that that is something that um, a lot of people tend to neglect um, and you know, I had this question the other day and this is going to be the last question for part two um, and today's episode but the question the other day was something along the lines of um, you know I've just changed jobs usually I would maintain my weight eating 2,200 calories per day let's just say that was what it was. I now work at a job where it's completely sedentary I'm still training the same but my energy output throughout the day is way lower Will my, will my maintenance calorie intake still be 2,200? And the answer is no, because you are not burning the same amount of calories throughout the day as what you were before on a consistent basis. So your energy 
expenditure is going to change so your calorie intake needs to be adjusted to account for that so your maintenance is going to be lower you're going to need to take in less calories because you're expending less energy now I can talk about this shit over and over and over again and I talked about this with a client today is that people just overanalyze nutrition, overanalyze all the small details that really are pretty much irrelevant, especially if you're not sticking to the main things consistently. But in the end of the day, nutrition is fucking easy as. It's as simple as making sure you are taking in the correct amount of energy, you're taking in the correct amount of calories consistently accordingly with what your goal is and that's as simple as it is make sure you get enough protein stick to calorie dense foods as often as you possibly can eat the foods you enjoy avoid the foods that you hate easy as it doesn't it's not as it's not that hard um but uh, yeah fuck so to go back to answering that question if your energy expenditure changes consistently over an extended period of time um in a negative way or, or not a negative way but in a way that you are now burning less, then yes, you need to account for that with your calorie intake to make sure um, that your intake represents what your goal is. So putting yourself in a deficit to lose fat, surplus to gain body weight and muscle mass and maintenance if you want to maintain your weight. So thank you guys for sending in those questions. There was absolutely, uh, there was a lot of questions. I wanted to pick out the ones that I thought, that I thought were going to be, excuse me, thought were going to be uh, probably more beneficial for a lot of people and I think these ones have been quite good. So if you've enjoyed part one and part two, feel free again to take a screenshot, post it up on your Instagram story, tag me. I'd love to get your feedback on the show. Let me know if you liked them. I tend to enjoy these Q&As because I can kind of just discuss what I'm thinking at the moment and go over my opinion. Obviously, all of this shit is just my opinion, so take it or leave it. doesn't really bother me, um, but thank you for tuning in, and um, I look forward to sharing next week's episode with you guys, so I hope you enjoy the rest of the day. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Feel free to tell a friend, and again, thank you for listening.